We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, we are back. Back-to-back episodes of Talking Buffalo Podcast, part of the Blue Wire Network. I am your host, Patrick Moran. I am joined for a second consecutive day by my very good friend, recurring guest, Joe Yurden, podcaster, writer. If you listened to the show yesterday, I want to go here immediately. So Joe does Maintenance Day podcast with Lance Lozowski. Um, They drop it typically on Mondays. Mm-hmm. It's a partnership, your show. However... Mm-hmm. You are the one who, you know, you do the lion's share of the work, man. You're the one who, you know, you, uh, you're in charge of the production aspect of it. And when the, when the tape starts, you're the one who brings the, the listeners in, mm-hmm. the guys are done with your chat. You're the one who takes them out. Have you ever, since you've been doing the show with Lance anyway, at least, have mm-hmm. you ever completely and utterly fumbled over the end of your show? Kind of like I did yesterday's show. the show was good man and go back and listen if you you miss it It really we had a really good conversation mostly all things buffalo bills but anyway at the very end the outro is what we call it here in the podcasting industry i completely freaking butchered the the outro talking over myself not even knowing what the hell i was goddamn saying i put the wrong music on but on the intro and it's supposed to be the outro i completely butchered it have you had uh have you suffered a similar fate since you and Lance have been doing your show or has it been smooth sailing? See, the beauty of uh, not just being a co-host of the show, but also being the guy that produces it means that I, I have the magic of editing to make, to make anything bad go away. But it's hard to it's hard to edit an ending because, you know, if we're 40 minutes in, Joe, and I'm talking about something and I flub something, yeah, I take mm-hmm. that shit out. But the very end, you can't, you know, I, I suppose you could redo well, it technically. Well, see, I I don't play music live to give us an outro, though. I, I like we can wander, ah. and wander and stumble and and fumble all over the place at the end of a show, but it doesn't yeah. end until I go. Okay, thanks everybody. We'll catch you next week, and then I play the I play the uh, the eight bit uh, saber dance music, but <laughs> I can put that wherever it is. I say those final couple words. I say, all right, we'll see you next week. And then just play it out because people would rather hear the music than me fumble over stuff. So. Okay, well, that's not fair then. <laughs> well, well, what about fair. this? If there's ever a maintenance day podcast bloopers reel that ever comes out, is there ever going to be an any where you completely 
flubbed it, or are you just a lot that much better than me? Maybe, maybe. Uh, <laughs> there, there, no, there's, there's definitely been some bloopers where I just can't get a word out of my mouth, and I'm just like blah blah blah. Just, I'm just, I just stumble all over everything. But uh, <laughs> I don't save those moments. None of them are, none of them are actually funny though. They're just, it, it's just dumb. Or like, it's dumb stuff like that. Or one of our internet connections gets funky and it goes dead for you know. Usually Lance. Two seconds. Usually it's Lance. Yeah. I, I, mean, <laughs> I, I don't want to. I don't want to put all the blame on Lance, but it's usually it's usually his. He'll, he'll even <laughs> say his internet stinks. So. Yeah, I've had him on a couple times too, where he's had a, a, a couple internet issues uh, as well. So today we're going to primarily be talking Sabers, but I do got some other stuff that I want to talk about. In fact, I'm not quite done with uh, the Bills in the NFL. Um, just yet i i do want to say this too you know so go circling back to well yesterday's show and i'm being completely honest with you guys we're taping this about three and a half minutes after we concluded taping the show for uh for for tuesday i i come to the conclusion that i'm not mad that the buffalo bills lost because i never expected them to go 17 and all i'm just being honest with you and i have expected them to lose with all the injuries and the elements i i said this was miami super bowl last week and if they couldn't beat the Bills with all this, and they're never going to beat them. But I have arrived at, I'm not annoyed that the Bills lost, but I am annoyed that the Bills lost to the Miami Dolphins. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like if they would have lost to like Arizona or the Giants or Cincinnati or something, even something like that, it wouldn't bother me so much. But now because the Bills lost to Miami, I have to hear, you know, the national media, which they're doing what they do every week, you know, right. overreacting and, uh, it's really frustrating to lose to your rivals. Now, you grew up a Detroit Red Wings fan, big time, right? Mm-hmm. So and when they would it, lose to Colorado, were you a little bit more testier the next day than if they lost to, uh, say, the Calgary Flames? You know what I mean? It got, oh, to yeah. you, got on your skin a little bit more. That's how I'm feeling this week. Oh, no. It, in those days, it was, geez, it was message boards and like AOL sports chat rooms where you know, things like, you know, things would pop up and you're just like, you know, you're in there and you got to take your lumps or come up with really great insults back. And either you did, you either did one or you got offline. That was, yeah. that was pretty much how that went. I, I hold on. Let, let me, before, before I get into that, I wanted to, uh, where the hell was I going with this, man? You said something in that. God damn it. I just, I'm talking about flubbing the ending. Now I'm completely flubbing. Let me get, <laughs> the beginning of this podcast because I wasn't planning on talking about bills, but then I realized how much that freaking loss bothered me. But right. I also wasn't surprised. This is where I was going now. Jesus yeah. Christ. Now I remember. So we're three weeks in the NFL season before we get into hockey here, forget the bills. But I think the bills at two and one is, is not really a surprise. Is there anything going around the NFL right now that through three weeks has really kind of caught you by surprise? I got one. I think this has been for the most part, a fairly predictable season. And I think there's, you know, a couple of things that are at least mildly surprising, but mm-hmm. for me, and let me know if you agree with this. I think the biggest surprise is that the Jacksonville Jaguars right now are two and one and they're played as well as they are. And they lost opening week to Washington, which, you know, they should have won that game. But over the last two weeks, dude, they smacked the shit out of Indianapolis who did beat Kansas city last week. So you can't say Indianapolis is dead because they're not. And then they went in, this week on the road, and they handily beat the Chargers, a team that many consider, including myself, a big-time AFC frontrunner, man. The, the Jacksonville Jaguars, not just because of their 2 and one record, but the way they're winning and the teams they're beating, man, it, it kind of feels like there's a lot of validity to this team. 
And we're talking about a division, quite frankly, I mean, the Colts are what? They're one, one, and one. And the Colts look like shit the first two weeks before beating New England. Um, Tennessee looks dead. So, and Houston's not going to win anything. Jacksonville Jaguars might be a legitimate playoff contender. I think that's my biggest surprise. What about you? What do you, what do yeah, you think? Yeah, that's, that's a pretty big one because, uh, what is it? Lawrence looked pretty good last week. Yeah. 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 You know, he's, the defense yeah. is stout, man. Yeah. That's rush, that, was the thing, that was the thing. Like, Jacksonville's defense, uh, Last year was so weird because like there would be weeks, and obviously the Bills saw one, but but like there were weeks where they would look like wow, this is one of the best D's in the league. Holy crap! And then they're losing by thirty-five to Tennessee the next week, and you're just like, all right, well, what happened? You know, it's 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 that inconsistency that they that they always have. They 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 were consistently bad last year. Let's put it that way. But but like this year, I don't know, man. They scored eighty-four points. You know, like that's it's nothing to sneeze at. Like right. they've. They've only allowed 38. It's pretty good. You know, it's the same amount the Bills have allowed. You know, like that's, it's, you know, it's crazy. It's crazy that that's the way, but I don't know. It's, you know, if you get the D right, you get a couple of guys going on offense, things can get interesting. Every Maybe year there's a team that, because the rest of that division, I've never been a big, you know, big on the Colts. Like I thought they were going to be awful last year. In Tennessee, I never buy into, and Houston's awful. So, like, it's always there. It's just, it's usually a division right. where, you know, if you went like seven and 10, you could probably win. <laughs> I, 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 that is a surprise for me. And I, and I think they're going to be in there. I don't think this is one of those, because we always see a team flash early in the season and then they fade to obscurity mm-hmm. by the midpoint. I don't think that's going to be the case with Jacksonville because I think they got a good quarterback and they got some talent on offense and they got a really good front four, man. And, uh, and then that division is kind of weak. The other thing I would say too, about the NFL that's been somewhat surprising. I think you and I might have had most of an entire episode of a podcast dedicated to the AFC being so uh, good as, as a whole, and the AFC West in particular being one of the most, you know, yeah. feared and toughest divisions ever coming into this season. All right, so we're three weeks in. The Chiefs look good. They look very good, much like the Bills. But I mean, they did lose this week to the Colts, who looked awful the first two weeks, but I'm still. I think the Chiefs are fine. But after that, dude, I've watched Denver play, and I don't know why I've watched them, but I watch them play every game this year. And they look, they're the worst two and one team looking team I've seen in a long time. Russ Wilson looks terrible. That offense looks putrid, but they're two and one, but they're not good. They're not that good, man, right now. No. The Chargers, it seems to be every year they are completely decimated with injuries again. I think they're what, one and two after three games? Yep. Herbert's already got messed up ribs. He's playing through them. Their left tackle's out for the year. Bosa's going to be out multiple weeks. That just happened this past week. Their third receiver, I think he tore his ACL or something. He's out for the year. Lots of injuries, which it seems to be the case every year. So the Chargers are underachieving. And then the Raiders are 0-3. They're literally winless right now, and they look like they're shot already, man. It's uh, that, that AFC West so far, it looks like it was much ado about nothing, minus the Chiefs, of course. Yeah, it's it's weird how that works out because because we made pretty good cases for all four of those teams being pretty good, and I think they were sound cases. But I don't know, man. I, like the, the Chargers thing is crazy because it's just it, it really is injuries, and then I mean, imagine being Justin Herbert and you gotta you gotta get an injection in your in your chest for your for your injury, and it's the same doctor who screwed up Tyrod's last yeah. year and put him basically put him out for the season, like. Cool. Give me, you know, give me Doctor Hatchet over here to, to, you know, get me back in the game. But it, 
but I mean, but the way he looked though, he looked like a guy that should not have been playing in that game. I mean, the, the end of the game the week before against what was that, Tennessee? No. Uh Kansas City, uh, I want to see. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's Kansas City. The, the end of that game, I mean, geez, gutsy again, gutsy, but there's no way he should have been handling right. those last few those last few uh drives. I agree. No he, he was beat up bad. Yeah. That just I, I just don't think that well. I still think that division is good. It's not like it's a chump division, but I'm not impressed at all with Denver. So don't be fooled by their two and run record. I mean, their defense is pretty good, but don't like their offense. That that division just hasn't been uh, as good as I thought it would be. But yeah, I don't. I wouldn't say there's like shocking things going around the NFL. Like nobody's lining it up on fire, and nobody's like. Well, I have I have a good trivia question for you. We know the Bills are the highest scoring team in the NFL right now, right? Mm-hmm. Who's number two? Baltimore? Uh wait. I, I got my I got my things wrong. Ravens are number one. Bills are number uh Bills are number two. Yes. I, maybe I screwed this up. Maybe I'm screwing it up for the show. No, I totally <laughs> am. No, I totally it's am. Contagious. It's contagious. Yeah, it's my see, fault. Damn it, Pat. Um, no, so the Ravens are number one. The Bills are number three. Mm-hmm. And point like this is points four. Who's number two? It, you know, it, is it the team that we just were talking about? Is it Jacksonville? Uh, no. Oh, who is it? Who's number two? It's not the Bills. Is the the Bills are three? Baltimore's one. That doesn't surprise me. Mm-hmm. And what? It's not Miami because they only won fourteen to ten against the Patriots the first week. No, it's not. Oh, I have no earthly idea right now. And who is it? The Detroit Football Lions. Are you kidding me? They have wow. 90, scored 95 points this year. They're fun to watch. I'll give you that they credit. Are. I'll give you credit. Now, everyone, again, I say this all the time. Joe's a Bills watcher, not a Bill or a Bills follower, not a Bills fan. Joe is a Detroit Lions fan for people new to the show. They're not winning games yet, but they're fun to watch, man. You want to know why? Especially. You want to know why? Their defense has allowed 93 points this season. <laughs> <laughs> it's the worst in the NFL. That's wow. why they're one and two. No, what, that over under for the Bills, the, the way the Detroit offense is looking, that over under when the Bills play on Thanksgiving, it's probably going to be in the 60s. It'd be interesting. <laughs> Especially because the Bills are historically not great against teams that like to run. Obviously, it's different defense now. I think they'll be fine. The Lions like to run the ball quite a bit. So, I'd, lo- I'd love to see the wow. Lions be a good team, man. I really would. I so think would it'd be I. good for so I, think I, it, I, think, I think they would be kind of like the Bills are around the league. I think the Bills are a very popular team around the league with fans. Like, I think most mm-hmm. fans like the Bills because they're a good story. If Detroit ever got to that level, I think they would be received the same way, right? I think a lot of fans would jump on the Detroit Lions bandwagon. I think I think a lot of that's because of Dan Campbell. He's he's I gonna, like him. He's easily got to be like the most likable coach in yeah. the league, right? Like there's like him. there's very few that could that that hang in there with like personality and honesty. Like he owned that he blew that game, the Minnesota game for him. You know, he's like, we, you know, we should have went for it, went for a 54 yard field goal instead, gave him great field position. I mean, even if you go for it, you're still giving him good field position, mm-hmm. but, but it's like, you know, you miss a field goal. Suddenly they're starting like almost the 50 and you're like, Oh, cool. Great. So they've only got to go so far to, to, you know, to go ahead, but you know, he's, he's always honest. He like, if he, if he's the guy that blows the game, he, he's just be like, that's on me guys. Like that's, that's not you. That's me. And he just eats it right away. So 
I'm really rooting. I, for I get why I get why players seem to like go to the mat for him. He does he does a lot of that stuff where guys are just kind of like that yeah, matters. Coaches do it, so we can do it. Like the the up down stuff they showed on on hard knocks, like him mm-hmm. doing the up downs, keeping up with the you know keeping up with the players and everything. It's guys see that and they're like, man, okay, coach coach can get it. Like that's we got to do it too if coach is doing it. As they come up, as they come up over hopefully the next couple of years, you're going to see free agents want to go play for a coach like him. Hope so. I, 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 I do. I, I'm not patronizing you because you're my buddy. I, I mean, I legitimately, okay. truly, I enjoy watching the Lions, and I can't wait to that Williams get the rookie from Bama joins the team. You know, he hasn't played yet this year, but he'll be he'll be playing soon enough. Yeah. They're fun. Before we so before we get to hockey, which by the way, we're going to do our starting five draft again. A little confusing here because people are used to it on Fridays, mm-hmm. and even going forward, like we're taping this and dropping this on Wednesday, so. Normally it'll be on Tuesdays going forward, but we are going to do our starting five day first one in like almost a month. Uh, yeah, I had to go back and look what we did last. I'll get to that in a, a few minutes. Um, if you, I know you're busy now, and we're going to talk hockey in a second, and not just Sabres. I'm really happy for some of the stuff you're doing. We're going to talk about that in a minute. But mm-hmm. have you caught in any of these like summer blockbuster movies? Have you had a chance? Two in particular, I've watched in the last week that have been out for a while, but I haven't seen them in months. Uh, Elvis. In Top Gun Maverick, have you have you seen either of those? No, not yet. I'm I'm interested in the Elvis one because I think the the, the guy playing Elvis as when at least when Elvis is young look is like dead ringer look alike for him. Like it's freaky, but I, I you know Boz Lerman's a weird director, man. So I don't I don't know what to expect when I like, when I finally do sit down and watch it. I'm expecting it to just be some weirdo, not like craziness involved and so, somehow weaving Elvis's story in in between all of it. Let me give you a, uh, you and everybody listening, uh, I'll give you a non-spoiler, quick, very quick, one or two sentences, non-spoiler Wait, review. wait, wait. Does Elvis die in the end? He does. <laughs> oh, damn it. But here again, well, I, I almost said something that would be a spoiler for the movie. <laughs> Obviously, we all know that he died. My non-spoiler review is this, without giving away any plot details. The guy who played Elvis, I thought was really good. Mm-hmm. I forgot his name, especially... When it came to like his physical mannerisms, like performing on the stage, the little nuances of yep. Elvis performing, I thought that actor was really good, which is funny because what I hate about the movie was I thought Tom Hanks, who is an iconic actor, a multi-time Academy Award winner, I thought he was horrible. I thought he was awful. I thought it was the worst performance of his career, and I thought the movie greatly suffered because of him. So my non-spoiler assessment of Elvis is, it's worth seeing purely for the performance of the actor who mm-hmm. played Elvis. But I think a lot of meat. And by the way, the movie's two hours and 39 goddamn minutes. It's long, but it still feels like there was a lot of meat left on the bone. Again, mm-hmm. and I don't, I can't get into stuff without giving it away. I would watch it purely f- for him. Top I, Gun was good. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm eager to see that. I just, you know, if it was a, a lot of times I sit here. down on the couch and I'm just like, I don't have, the brain power to do a movie. <laughs> Top know? Gun was a summer blockbuster and it felt like a summer block. You know, remember mm-hmm. when we were growing up and it always felt like every year you had a couple summer blockbuster hits oh, and, yeah. and you went to the movies and watched them and it felt mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. It felt just like a summer blockbuster hit. Nice. It was cheesy to an extent, good action, but it was what it was what it was supposed to be. I think it right. served us real good. So I would give a thumbs up to Top Gun and a thumbs down to uh to Elvis. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm, I got to sit down and watch Top Gun at some point. I, I, I tell you this, the, the last time I tried to really sit down and, and watch a movie, 
it was maybe a couple weeks after shoulder surgery and, and still kind of on painkillers. And I was like, all right, let's sit down and let's, let's take this on. So idiot me, which one do I pick out? The, uh, the super, the, the super well done uh, version of Hamlet with Denzel Washington. And which is mm. very, it's, you know, it's directed by Joel Cohen. Like it's, I watched beautiful. it. It's awesome. Like it's incredible. Not after you, not after you've coming down, not when you're coming down from, from taking, taking, you know, you know, Oxy for, you know, a week and a half and right. <laughs> okay. Let, let's watch a movie. And then <laughs> just like the opening, like couple of scenes. And I'm just like, yeah, this ain't happening. I can't, I can't do it. So I haven't been, I haven't like I haven't been to a theater in a hot minute. Uh, I've been back since you know since uh, pandemic, mm -hmm. you know, after everything opened after after that. Uh, I have been, but um, but there there really hasn't been a whole lot in the theaters where I was like, oh man, I gotta go, I gotta go no. see that. The, the only one that really kind of got uh, got an itch in me, and it's just nostalgia factor for me, and you know, growing up with some you know something that was originally very influential you know, as far as, you know, your likes and whatnot. Um, the only one was like clerks three. And I know that's going to be a bad movie. I already know it's going to yeah, be. Yeah. I feel the same it's, way you do. It's going to be, it's not going to be good. <laughs> it's going to hit on a lot of like the old notes, which I hope it takes more from the first movie than the second movie. Mm. It wasn't very good. Um, but like for me, like clerks was just like, that was a movie for all of us. So, you know, for me and my friends and everybody. So, like that's a big deal as far as I'm concerned, but like I know it's gonna be bad. But it would have been cool to like go like because they did like a some like Fathom Events thing where you know you go see it and then like they pipe in like a Q and A session with Kevin Smith, where I don't know if you could have done it from where you are or it's just like whatever theater he's doing it from, but like that stuff's kind of like that stuff like that's perfect for me to do. But, but yeah, I haven't I haven't sucked it up and gone to the theater. In in a bit, that's it's gonna change with some more movie. I mean, we're gonna get some of the award movies coming out later in the year. Yeah, want to go, but uh, but yeah, there's she's there's a handful, there's a handful of them that I was like, I wish I did, but just you know didn't have the itch in me, and it wasn't like I was like I'm not gonna go in and you know risk getting COVID from watching some dumb movie. Last year, I saw every and it was funny because you mentioned Hamlet. I I watched every single major Oscar nominated movie. Very few in the theaters. I'm going to be honest with you. I watch them on a alternative streaming device. So we'll leave it at that. But what had happened, and it sucks, is I was I was going to do an Oscars podcast, which I've never done. I was going to do it with Ben Matheson, but that was the weekend where the tragic, you know, Jefferson uh, shooting oh, happened, the ten murders, and just felt inappropriate to have a podcast celebrating movies on that weekend. So we 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 did not end up uh, doing that. That sucked. Here's what doesn't suck though. So Joe's back on on the beat, like in a big way. Again, you haven't the last time I looked it up, you're on the podcast, it was the beginning of the month. A mm -hmm. lot has changed in the last couple of weeks. Everybody, of course, knows about maintenance day. So Joe does maintenance day podcast with Lance Ozowski, the Buffalo News. They do that at the beginning of every week. You have your noted hockey sub stack, which a lot of people know about. Big things coming with that soon. And I'm sure you'll let people know when the time is right with that. But also, Joe now writes for bleacher report and the combination of all this stuff um joe is now covering the savers not i don't say just covering the savers beat but you're covering the hockey beat joe's writing features for for bleacher report and he's uh long story short you're back at the rink every day is it yep. fair 
before we get into any saver stuff or your job, I know you well enough, but yeah, yeah, I guess you kind of, I've never really asked you this, you know, I kind of know what the answer is going to be, but you're a rink rat, aren't you? And I mean that in a complimentary way. You are a big time rink rat. Like some mm -hmm. media people don't really, they don't care to be at the arena if they don't need to be. You like live in the arena. You love yeah. being at the arena. So you're completely back in your element now, being at practices, Sabres practices every day, the pressers. Everything that comes with it, you're you're right back in your element again, aren't you? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm I'm not a I'm not a check in check out type of person with with this stuff. Like you know, as soon as soon as like the uh, morning skater practice is over, get you know get the hell out. Right. I don't like to do that. You know, if there's a you know if there's the ability to get, talk to a bunch of people, I'm all for it. You know, like that. That's the kind of that's the kind of stuff I'm into with with this. You know, it's not. You know, it, it's it 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 is work, but it's you know, it's something you really like to do. And it's something that makes you, it makes you feel fulfilled doing it. Like that's, that's, that's what I'm there for. I've been on a real, like high of sorts getting back into the swing of things. I mean, listen, it's been a long time. I was going to ask you, got to wear it first, first getting back in the arena and being there again, live in person, but between mm -hmm. COVID and everything, it's a little bit, a little bit weird at first, right? Yeah. I, a little bit. Cause there are some differences, you know, and mm -hmm. it, you know, I have been, to the arena, you know, a few times covering for AP you know, right. some games, but even like, even then it was, I mean, that was a lot weirder because it was basically like you were, you were set on a track and it's like, you were only allowed to go to these places and you go to them only. Uh, and you know, everything was curtained off from, from players. Cause you know, the downstairs, you know, the, the you know, the main level where you enter the arena in the back there, the you know the players hallway is you know it's right right by there but they had all that stuff just like cordoned off and curtained off and everything where it was just like you know you you dirty reporter people and all you know everybody else you're you're not getting any of your germs down here and these guys aren't going to give you there so just keep away right. but um but it's uh i don't know it's been it's been really cool to see you know some of the some of the things that have that are different but it's really cool to see that so much of it is the same in that kind of comfort comfort way where it's it's like ah yes that's right you know you get you know you get out there i it I, you know for the game you know for the game on tuesday it was like ah morning skate okay this is this is like the old days now it's a little different because the visiting team doesn't show up until you know until they later in the afternoon they don't you know they don't do morning skate there but it's getting back into that routine you know i I always had the world's worst sleep schedule and i have had it for a couple of years now but like having a set you know NHL stuff is always the same time. All it's the got time. you on a routine. It's got you more of an, uh, like a on the clock. Routine. Yeah. Oh yeah. And that's just like personally speaking. I don't, you know, not like the work thing where it's like, okay, we're going to do this then and that then. And you know, right. Bing, bang, boom. No, for me, it's more like, okay, idiot, get out of bed, <laughs> do something, you know, do something. You get to do something you like to do. So it's, uh, and also make sure I go to bed at a more normal time, not like, you know, three thirty, four in the morning and just being an idiot. So yeah. <laughs> There's, let me ask you this, and there's no, you're not being arrogant by being honest with this answer, because again, you've written as a beat reporter for, mm -hmm. for multiple outlets before you've just been at times a fan or contributing to some things from afar where you don't have access to the games and to the locker room and to all the pressers and all the stuff that you do know I have when it comes to the Sabres or any team that is going to be coming in the town, which is very important. I should note that out there. Joe's not covering the Buffalo Sabres for the Bleacher Report. Joe's writing about hockey. 
mm-hmm. for the Bleacher Report. Big difference. Just so we uh, so I put that out there. But anyway, my point was this: there's an access that when when you're doing your work, when you're working, when you're crafting stories, having the ability to be able to talk to somebody in person. There might be one or two questions that you want to ask a coach or a player that you might not really get an opportunity to do in a general scrum, in a press conference, mm-hmm. having the ability to do that one-on-one, having that access allows you to do a better job with your work, doesn't it? I mean, it makes a pretty significant difference, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. It's something a, a lot of people don't understand with media. And, you know, listen, people don't want to understand stuff about how media works because it's 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 secondary to whatever the final product that comes out is. Sure. Um but that final product gets so much better when we're able to get, you know, to talk to guys, you know, one-on-one to get the, you know, or have a side discussion where it's, you know, find out some stuff, you know, and I'm not talking like, you know, super secret, like nonsense stuff, but just getting like background on some stories where you don't necessarily, you, you don't, you're not quoting them on it, but you just get, you, you find out more about, about what, you know, what's what with what, uh, you know, and just, you know, the, you do build relationships, working relationships with the players. It's not like, you know, you're, you're talking to them every day and be like, Oh, where are you guys hanging out later? I'll meet you up there. Like you're not doing any of that stuff, but, right. um, but it's just being able to do that. And especially when it's a long season, you know, it's a long season and there's a lot more access to the players, you know, after practices and, and whatnot, than you know, than say like football, you know, like football, it's pretty, you know, it's pretty well crafted and set up and and scheduled out that you're only going to be able to do certain things and you're only going to be able to talk to certain guys and that's that. Um, it's got, I know that's opened up as well too, so that's good. But, um, but like that's still like, you know, it's only like a couple of days a week. Hockey, you could be practicing there at home all week and talking to guys. And if you're out on the road doing games. You're one of two reporters there, probably covering the team, depending, you know, depending what city, whatever. But, um, but that's a lot of just like free time to just talk to these guys because, like, you know, if they're not at the rink, they're at the hotel. So a lot of times, guys just want to hang out, the, hang out at the rink all day. I just think it's great for you. I really do. I think it's great. Obviously, written form is going to, you know, allow you to do more stories. It's going to mm-hmm. allow you to do more in-depth stories. It's stories with quotes that might not be general quotes that everybody hears during a televised or streamed uh, press conference. I think it's going to be beneficial when you do your podcast with Lance. You know, Mm -hmm. now you're in the locker room and you say, I talk to whoever and this and that. I think it's going to be cool because now I could dig at you to find out more shit for me on this podcast. What I have, you say, all right, we're going to talk about this guy, this team's in town or whatever. It's just uh, Mm -hmm. all across the board. I I really think it's cool, man, for you, man. So before you even talk savers, like I said, I just, I think it's, really cool to be back in your element and i definitely yeah. sense you know the excitement that you have right now just being yeah. back in and like i said your podcast is going to benefit bleacher report is going to benefit noted hockey is going to benefit big time there's just mm-hmm. a it's just a big difference and it's not to say that people can't do like chad diminis there's lots of people who do great mm-hmm. jobs and they don't necessarily at the, at the arena much right. or even sometimes even at all and they do good work mm-hmm. it's just different things when you have access that you could provide that Otherwise, you just you can't get man. So yeah, that yeah, part's the coolest. Th- to me, there's always room under the tent for everybody when it, sure. comes, when it comes to doing this stuff. But to have you know to be able to be in, you know, to be able to be in there to talk to guys and and kind of get a better feel for how things are within the team and you know how things are going because things might you know things can look one way on the ice, but then you know maybe you get an idea of you know maybe there's more to like something else going on or uh, and I don't mean anything scandalous. Just getting to understand like how 
you know, the, the dynamics of how, how the guys work together. I think that's, I think that's what I'm most interested on seeing this year with this team, just because uh, it feels like there's a lot of different things. Like it's felt like that from afar, but it being up closer to it and seeing it more in action, things, you know, away from the camera, so to speak, you get a much better feel for, for that. I think that's, yeah. that makes them very interesting. And let me make this real clear as we go to break, because we're going to talk a, a few minutes worth anyway, at least uh, some Buffalo Sabres after the break. Joe ain't just going there to cover game nights. You're going to be, like I said, you're a rink rat. You're mm-hmm. going to be at every practice where the media is allowed to. So uh, I'm looking forward to reading and hearing from you when it comes to that. But anyway, we take a real quick break and we're actually going to talk Sabres uh, in just a minute. Sports fans who like the wager, I'm here to tell you about Odds Trader, the number one site for all your game day bets. If you're looking for a one-stop space on these interwebs to compare odds live up to the minute, look no further than Odds Trader. Why is Odds Trader so valuable to you? Well, for starters, it's the perfect place to compare betting odds and lines from all the major sports books. Why does that matter? Well, it matters because if you're liking a team, you want to throw down some cash on them, you're getting your choice of what's getting you the best odds, the best lines. It's a chance to find the highest payouts if you're betting on the underdogs or whether you're profiting the most if you're going with the favorites. Odds Trader also allows you to compare all the different signup codes and promos from the sports books so that you can get the best deal out there for you. If that's not enough, Odds Trader, the app, also gives you player stats, key game stats, injury reports, projected game day weather, which by the way, that could be a huge thing to know in certain situations. Odds Trader also has a betting tracker so they can keep records of all your games that you have wagers on and all your betting activity. Simply put, Odds Trader gives you quite literally everything you need to make the most informed bets humanly possible. If you're in this betting on sports games, any sport by the way, make sure you go to oddstrader.com slash bluewire. Again, that's oddstrader.com dot com slash blue wire odds trader the number one site for all your game day bets we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, I'm back with Joe Yurden. So you're covering camp. Training camp has started. It's been in for a couple of days now. Uh, let me preface this too, by the way, because we're dropping this on Wednesday, but we're taping this late on Monday. So the Sabres are playing a, a preseason game, their home opener against Philadelphia on Tuesday night. Obviously, you'll be there. But we're recording before that. So 
we can't talk about the game. No. Or if it, anything crazy happens, any player gets injured or something nuts happens, we're not talking about it on this show. And the reason being is we are taping this before that. The Sabres did play on Sunday. You know, there's a couple people on this earth who actually were following the game. While the One of them was Lance. Playing at Miami. <laughs> One of them was Lance, and he probably wasn't all that happy about it. But uh, <laughs> anyway, the Sabres beat Washington 4-3 in uh, their preseason opener. We've talked about football preseason. Does hockey preseason games mean more than the NFL? I mean, you, you follow both sports. How much does preseason hockey mean before we talk about that game? Uh, I think because there's, there's, I mean, both, both sports have like finite numbers of spots on the roster, you know, and there's certain guys that go in, mm-hmm. uh, but I think it really just depends on how many spots are really up for grabs or how many, you know, you perceive are up for grabs that make it interesting because, you know, you're, you're getting a few extra games of action from them, you know, like guys that are in competition for game for spots on the team might play like four, four out of the six games. Yeah, they that I mean that seems right, and they'll definitely play like the last two or three. So, uh, you know, I mean they'll cut down roster cut downs. Got to happen next week because the AHL roster or AHL camps open next week. So, that's going to make that a little bit clearer on the Sabers side. You got a pretty good idea of like who's going to be in the final cut down group, but you want to see how those guys perform when you know there's that like hey I can make the team if I you know if I keep this up if I keep going like this you know, I, I can be here instead of Rochester or here instead of, you know, maybe having to go on waivers. Like that's, that makes it more interesting. Results don't mean anything. <laughs> I, I don't care if they win or lose every game. It doesn't matter. Like it's, you know, you got too many guys that are at different levels. You know, you got some guys that are definitely NHL, some guys that might be NHL, some guys that are definitely AHL. And then some guys are probably going back to junior. So like, you know, it's too wide of a variance of what you get for the lineups, but uh, but as far as like taking it serious, nah, I can't take it serious, but like, it, it's more, it's more just the competition in, uh, amongst the players just to see what they do. You know, like, even the goalies, like, you know, everybody, like you want to see who can step up when they, you know, when, again, when they, when there's that perceived, co- you know, uh, competition for it, which, you know, every coach will say like, Hey, you, you got to earn your spot, but you know, let's be real. There's all right. So we know for the most part, who's going to make this roster, who are, but there might be a handful of guys, a small handful of guys who potentially could play themselves onto the roster or potentially play themselves off the roster over maybe the next few weeks or so, two weeks or so. Who are a couple of those guys? Because there's locks, but like I look at the four lines, and again, I mean, I don't don't follow the team or know nearly as much as you do, but I know players and like JJ Baturka seems like somebody who could make the team, but he also doesn't seem like he's a moral lock to make the team right now coming out of camp. Anyway, I mean, I, I'd be stunned if he's not in Buffalo soon enough, but maybe necessarily out of camp. What about the defenseman that they brought back pilot? I mean, is he another guy Who are a couple guys that are kind of on the fence of if not necessarily, they'll be up at Buffalo at some point, but maybe starting the season, they might not be here. Or a few guys you think that are legitimately on the fence. They, it's interesting because there's there's a couple ways they can go about it because 23 you know 23 guys will make the final roster you know two goalies uh you know you have to have your starting setup so that's you know eight you know, 12 forwards 12 forwards six goalies and then it's you know you're talking what uh, 12 18 20 you're talking three spots you know extra on the bench 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, you know, sometimes you go with an extra forward, maybe you go two extra forwards or you go two extra defensemen, or, you know, if things got really weird here, maybe you go one forward, one defenseman, one goalie. Like that's, you know, that very rarely happens. Nobody, right. Nobody wants to do that, but, um, but there it, it's to me, I see there's so many defensemen that I, cause like, uh, like Casey Fitzgerald, uh, he, he's, he's not. He can't be uh, snuck through. Uh, he can't be sent down without waivers now. So he, you want to get him to Rochester, you got to put him on waivers. And I got to believe that he would be an instant pickup for somebody along, you know, uh, one of the other 31 teams is going to say, no, he's better than one of the guys that we got, you know? So, so you don't want to lose him. So you're, you're thinking, cause you're already thinking you've got your, you know, you're starting six basically set. Um, and then you're thinking, okay, well, who's, you know, seven, you know, who's seven and eight from the defenseman. So then you're like, okay, well, Fitzgerald's got to be one of them. So he's seven, you know, you've got three, they signed three guys that were meant to be Rochester, but they have NHL experience. You know, what if they play themselves onto the roster? You know, Lawrence pilot comes back. Lance said he looked pretty good against Washington. So that's encouraging to see. And, you know, if he's better, like, can he make the team? And it's like, mm, you know, like it's, you're kind of you're caught into so many of these these spots where you're doing that, but and but then you look at the forwards and you got Paterka and Quinn. Okay, well if they make the team, who doesn't? Right. And then you know it's you know it's Anders Bjork. Is it Henestros? And it won't be Henestros. I would say Henestros is like a mortal lock to be on the team. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily in the top twelve, in, uh, you know, in the starting forward lineup, but he's he's going to be on the team. Uh, but like a guy like Anders Bjork, kind of slipped down the lines last year and. Uh, didn't look that great to me during the you know the blue and gold scrimmage. You know, again, it's an inner squad scrimmage. Take whatever you want from it. Sure. Um, but on uh, but on Monday, Rasmus Dahlin was getting on his ass, like trying to make him you know getting in his face, kind of well not getting in his face, but like getting on top of him to to get him to like see what he can do to respond back. Uh, you know, because there's a you know there's some like battle drills, like zone drills, and then they they do like a. Uh, like a small area three on three game. That's, that's very quick. Uh, and they started getting, you know, Darlene started getting in his face, like during the earlier drills, then they get into the game thing and Darlene and like Bjork's like trying to go at him, but Darlene's just like basically taking that stance of like, well, what are you going to do, man? Like, are you going to compete or what? And at some point, like, you know, Darlene is like, they're in play, you know, Bjork's trying to camp out by the net and Darlene is just, hammering him with cross checks in the back like teammates you know and he's just <laughs> feeding it to right. him and you know bjork's getting pissed and Darlene's, you know trying to tell him what's what and you know but like that's not done out of malice that's done out of being like dude like are you you get a, you want to like make the team like you gotta like do something else out here don't just kind of go on cruise control so that's you know it's Darlene being a leading like a captain there like that's that's how I view it. Now, you know, maybe, maybe they hate each other. I don't know. Like, I don't, I doubt that's the case, but like, you know, seeing, a, seeing one of your, your, I heard a lot going off. I heard a lot going off lightly in the back. As you said, maybe they hate each other. Is that a little mini hot take <laughs> alarm going off? Have it, have it circle the building one more time. Just like, <laughs> like in, in slap shot, but no, it's but like, like that's the, the kind of stuff you don't, we haven't seen really around here before, you know, uh, like an on ice thing where, uh, you know, a guy who's a leader on the team or, you know, in one form or another is getting in a guy's face being like, dude, come on, let's go. Like get it together. Like play hard, like lean into, like lean into this, do something here. Um, 
Like you don't usually see that kind of stuff. And seeing Darlene do it is kind of like, whoa. All right, man. Like that's pretty damn cool to see because we know right. how competitive the guy is. So, you know, and the way these guys are like all wired together, uh, you know, if somebody's not pulling their weight, somebody else is going to tell you that you're not doing it. So I, I maybe that, you know, again, we don't know what the case is. They're not going to tell us. Players certainly aren't going to tell us what's what. The coach won't tell us it's what, but on the appearance, it sure, it sure seemed like Darlene was like, dude, let's go. Come on. Like, you got to do better than this. You're better than this. You know, yeah. like one of those kinds of things. But, but, but like to get back on, to get back on the road of the question, uh, <laughs> Bjork is definitely a guy I'd be, I'd be a little worried if I were him. Um, but I, th- I think, you know, my gut tells me that if that, unless Quinn and Paterka make it really like, make it absolutely totally obvious that they need to be on the team. I think they might start in Rochester. And I Both think, of them? Uh, maybe both of them. Quinn, I, I don't know. Quinn probably shouldn't, definitely probably shouldn't be up there, but um, but it's not outside of the realm of possibility because they can go to Rochester without waivers. And, you know, it's the it's the safe move. Now, you know, if you can trade, you know, if you get to a spot where you can trade one of those guys and maybe, you know, just free up a spot, then cool. But there's a lot of competition there, man. It's it's it may, you know, it, the the video game. GM and us says like, well, this is an easy pick. Put you know, put all the height, you know, the the offensive guys in and go to town. But it's not always that way because sure. you know you need you need some role players in there too. But uh, but I'll be really, it's going to be really interesting to see how those guys play. Quinn had a nice game against Washington. Uh, you know, nice goal late to tie it up. Yeah, two minutes uh, left. Game yeah, yeah. So you like you know stuff you love to see. That's that's one of them. Uh, so I'll be it'll be I'll, you know how Paterka does uh, against Philly. Uh, or against Columbus or both. I mean, we'll see, but um, I'll be really interested to see how he, he looks and like how, how much those guys have learned since, you know, the, the AHL playoffs last year. This is absolutely a guess on my part because I obviously am not there and mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm not seeing them practice any day or anything. I'm just educated guess. I I, I say Quinn starts the, the, the season on the roster and I think Paterka ends up the beginning of the year in Rochester. It's pretty interesting. So, I, I mean, I looked at the line combinations because, it was a split squad game in Washington. Uh, Cousins, he centered Quinn and Paterka, right? That that's a pretty interesting, uh, yeah, pretty interesting line combination. I'm sure a lot of fans look at that and they're like, "Ooh, that, that's that's kind of sexy." Yeah, it's uh, it's one to keep an eye on, uh, certainly for the future. Like that's uh, you know that's that's something that's really interesting, uh, especially because I, I got Cousins picked to be to have a big season i think he's got a big breakout year this year i think he's he's in great shape looks good looks strong uh and he's not afraid to shoot it now i mean he wasn't afraid before but he wasn't taking it as much he's right he knows he's got to shoot to 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 get to get the offense going a little bit better but uh but i think he's gonna have a big year but man playing him with those guys like that's uh that's something where you're like all right Okay, like you want to see it in the regular season, but it, you know if it does or it doesn't happen, I you know it's fine. But it's something to, to like kind of file away in the back of your mind. Way, 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 way too early to know. Maybe it's not too early to know. Maybe I'm over exaggerating there. But who do you project Owen Powers starting the season with? Uh, I I I think it's going to be Yoki Haru. I think that I think that makes sense. Um, just because. You know, Henry was so steady for for Darlene for his, you know, the first couple of years they were here together, you know, and it's not like Yoki Haru is like the old man of the group. No, he's the same. He's like the same age as 
as Dalian. So it's like, you know, he's, there's not that part of it, but, uh, but I think it's going to be Yoki Haru, maybe Labushkin, but I, I don't know that they want to play Labushkin in the amount of minutes that I think power is going to get. Right. I think that's the, I mean, and Don Grant, I was really good about keeping the minutes normal. Like you're not going to see any, you know, crazy variances between, you know, first and third pair. I mean, obviously, your first pair is going to play the most, and then you know, but it you know everything makes sense. But it's not going to be like the third pair is going to play ten minutes a game. Like that's they're 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 not in that kind of spot yet. But right. but I think I think Yoki Haru is a little bit more flexible with how to you know how to push the puck and how to carry the puck and do some more of those offensive things. If I think if he starts with Labushkin, you're looking at power being given a lot more leeway to to get loose with the offense i think and it's okay. not again not that granado is restrictive on it like he doesn't, he doesn't have he doesn't chain these guys to the you know, defenseman to the blue line the way kruger did so right um you know it's it's a little different but i think if you get somebody who's a lot who's a bigger defensive responsibility guy it's a good way to both help him out but also give him give him a little bit more <clears throat> a little more leash to uh to run in the offensive zone one more uh, Sabres question, and this is involving two guys who will not be on the team to start the season, two first-round picks. I've heard – I'm hearing really good things from what I'm reading and listening mm-hmm. and stuff about uh, Savoy, Matt Savoy, and, um, and, and Kulik, man. And uh, you've Again, now you're there. This is the cool part now. I love this. In the podcast, even if it's just practice, I can be like, all right, Joe, you're, you're there. You're watching these guys. What are you seeing from them? Uh, I love Kulik. I think his play is he's dynamite. Um, well, it's not Kulik. I got it's Kulik. Kulik. I got to make sure I don't put you. Got, you got to have to like, get a little phlegmy, like in the back of the, the back of the mouth. <laughs> Kulik. We've been trying to get like the pronunciations a hundred percent correct for all these guys, which is only fair, right? Uh, sure, because you know it's their name. We should be able to say their name right, right? Uh, but but Kulik is is very impressive. Um, he's he's not a guy that's going to make the roster, you know, the NHL roster right away, right? You know, unless things get really crazy or there's a bunch of injuries, whatever. Um, but he'll be here next year. I would, I would almost want to bet money on that because um, he's he's dynamite. He is absolutely super good. He's a, a solid two way guy. He's in the right spot all the time. Uh, he's really good. And the fact that they were able to get him late in the first round is so. A bunch of teams did didn't do their job, and the Sabers very happy to take advantage of that. But uh, but that's yeah, he's. He's very good. And Matt Savoy, he's he's very impressive. Again, he's not going to be here this year. He's not going to make he's not making the Sabres roster. There's no need right. for him to make the team. Uh, but he's gonna have a big year with Winnipeg in the WHL. He's I'm I, I wanna catch some some of those games and find him some stream of them someplace and see how he looks. Uh, but Savoy's Savoy's the real deal. He'll he, again, he'll be on the Sabres next year, I would bet anything. So I don't, I, I don't know where these roster spots are going to come from, <laughs> but uh, like these, these are guys that are going to make a very strong push and probably be on the roster next season. Before we transition into our starting five draft, it gets me thinking about a year or so ago when we would be doing these podcasts right around this time of year. And you were coming off an off season where the best player by far, Sam Reinhardt, the most consistent player gets traded. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rasmus Rissolainen got traded I don't want to say he's one of the better players, but he was certainly one, you know, he was he hogged up a lot of ice time, one of the longest tenured veterans. And then of course, Jack Eichel doesn't go to camp. You know it's a matter of time, but he gets his captaincy stripped from him right close around this time. And then uh 
Of course, ultimately he ends up getting traded, but you knew that the Jack Eichel era was over. And this is a year ago, so much uncertainty and, I don't know, just chaos with, with, with this organization. But now you fast forward a year later, and look, I don't think anyone thinks they're going to be a legitimate Stanley Cup contender right now this season. Mm-hmm. But just doesn't it feel like legitimate, like night and day right now when you look at this roster and you look at camp and, and you look at these players and then you look at these prospects and you just talked about two of them and they got three first-round picks this year. I don't know, man. Things just seem to be different right now. And if you're a Sabres fan, it just seems like there's a lot more to be excited about right now than there was one year ago at this time. Yeah, it's it's a, it really is a night and day thing. And it's it's extremely apparent talking to people down there. You know, it's just the, the, the whole, you know, I, I know the past affects the fans and the fans, you know, that – that that view is not going to change. You know, I get it. It's it sucked for a while. <laughs> it's been tough. Sure. But for but for the guys in there now, like you know, they, they're you know for the most part they weren't part of that past. I mean, there's a handful of guys that that you know have seen some of the some of the bad stuff the last few years. But um, but like none of that stuff plays into them, and they're not letting it you know dictate how you know moves that they're doing or, or decisions they're making. You know, it, you know, I had a chance to talk to Don on Monday and. Um, a lot of the way that he's, you know, that, that he and Kevin Adams and, and Terry, like the whole, you know, the three of them are all on the same page is, is, you know, I, I just think of all the discord, the, you know, the, the last few regimes that have come through where, you know, there were three people and there were three different pages or, you know, you had a, you know, had a GM or an, an assistant GM that were, you know, maybe didn't agree on things or something. And it's, it, it's, it's wild to see, how tight these guys work together. And, you know, I mean, listen, you know, obviously having ownership on board is good. I mean, obviously ownership was very on board with bringing Kevin on him, uh, Kevin on, but, um, but the work that they put in together is very, it's very cool to see. And it's very, it's, it should be a weight off of everybody's shoulders around here to know that these guys are all in the same, they're all working together. They're all, you know, pulling the, pulling everything in the right, the same direction. And uh, they got, they got a lot of smart people, you know, providing information with them. So it's, uh, it's very interesting to see that it feel like everything feels about like, this is going in the correct direction. Like things are going to get better, you know, sooner than not. So, uh, which you thought that was the case, maybe a few years in the past where you're just like, yeah, this, this seems like a thing that should go. And then, you know, some of these same old, same old happens and you're like, Oh, well, yeah, of course it didn't work. (laughs) (laughs) But like, yeah. I doesn't feel like any of that stuff is going to be around this year. Like, you're not going to sit there and go, eh, same old Sabres. I don't think you're going to hear any of that stuff. I told you this. I, I have a different feeling now, and I, I don't even know if I could completely explain it. But, I mean, you, you've been doing a show with me long enough to know how much I hated this team before. And just right. every single not that long ago either. Ian hated this team. <laughs> I just feel like uh, it's going to be different now, and that excites me. I don't know how good they're going to be in the standings, but – they're going to be a fun team to watch. I'm looking forward to, I think, October 13th, they open the season up, right? I'm pretty sure yes. it's the 13th. I'm very much looking forward to, to watching games this year. You're not going to have to force me to watch the games because I got to talk about them on the podcast. I'm actually <laughs> eagerly anticipating them. <laughs> and that's really cool. That's a cool thing to, uh, to yeah. be able to have. Um, let's – all right, so we got to do our starting five draft, which kind of feels weird doing it right now, taping this on a, on a Monday night. I had to go all the way back, too, by the way, to – like I said, the beginning of the month, because it's been wow. several weeks. Our last one where we left off was 
soprano supporting characters. Oh, you yeah. know what? Maybe this is why I had to get you back on the podcast, even if it's want to rub it in my face because yeah. I, I need to rub it in your face. It was one of my biggest wins. <laughs> I had 73% of the vote. I took Christopher Moltisanti, uh, Junior Soprano, Silvio Dante, uh, Richie Apreo, and, and Phil uh, Leotardo. Joe pulled 27% with Dr. Melfi, Polly, uh, Livia Soprano. I thought that was a really good pick, by the way. Janice, which I got the funniest tweet ever, which you long forgot that I'm going to remind you. Of. I'm going to read it in a second. <laughs> Janice Soprano, yet, and uh, and then Tony Blundetto. I, by the way, I broke a, a three week losing streak here. Yeah. Joe A beating me three straight weeks, and Joe, this is embarrassing, but Joe beat me eight out of nine weeks in a row, too. So true, I lost eight out of nine going into this <laughs> week. So I got a little bit of you know, sweet redemption there. I, I had you know what, I, I had fun with people that were that were burying me about uh olivia and janice because i get it like they're <laughs> extremely easy to hate both of them like they're just like every time they're on screen they're just like oh, why? i i but, think but i like telling people like well <laughs> getting all psychologists on i was like well why do you hate them and they're like well i was like that means they're really good aren't they like well uh, i guess and it's like yeah see i i proved my point i'm gonna lose the poll I, pr- I I knew pretty well I was going to lose that. This that, that that cost you 25 points, I bet oh, you, easy. in the polling. However, whatever, man. You stick with your convictions. I respect no, that. I, I, Tony Blundetto, I don't think, polled well for you, which whatever yeah, about that. Yeah. But Plus, it was at the end of the draft. But the one, I, I again, you were spot on because a lot of people were talking shit because of your Janice oh, yeah. pick. I saved mm-hmm. the tweet. I've saved this tweet for almost a month now. I had to read it. It was from a guy named Mike Gags. This was his tweet. Ready? I'll read it. How is Johnny Sack, Furio, Bobby, Ralphie, Gigi, Patsy, Vito, Carmine, Noah Tannebaum, Jackie Jr., Coco, Mansion Lamps, Beansy, Butch, The Russian, Slava, The Jew from the Hotel, The Dude Who Raped Melfi, literally anyone else not on here before Janice. <laughs> he said the, the the guy didn't have a name or, or a face, but the dude who raped Melfi in the yeah. parking lot. I was not on there before Janice. That that was I you know I should have responded uh, to it. I think by the time I saw that it was like way too late. And I was like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I thought like, that was like, awesome. by like like late after you know, after we did this, and I wanted like that was he would have been the perfect guy to be like, why do you hate her? And then give me a really good reason other than like she sucks because like, I, like I, yeah, that's the easy answer. I I understand, but like what? But why do you think she sucks? Why is she? So bad? It's because she busted Tony's balls every week and being a pain in the ass. She was just like it's just like the worst sister to have, and she's you know hooking up with the bad. Oh, I'm still happy. Be, like Tony hates everything that she's doing, and she's just like. I don't care, Tony. I'm just gonna do this, and it's just like, oh my god, go away! <laughs> that guy said that Tony Jew. never buried her. <laughs> he is said, is unbelievable. He said the Jew from the hotel. <laughs> what the hell's going on here? Yeah, it's I, shit, man. Some of these people I, on Twitter. I, think, listen, I, I respect everybody's people. thoughts on that. But, uh, <laughs> I, I was I was doing it because I was like, well, because anytime I get a character where I'm like, Jesus, I hate them, yeah. I have to like think of why that is and that i, I had to do this with skylar at breaking bad because i was like she, she sucks i hate it i was like let's go back to why i think she stinks right. and like i had a fr- friend of mine broke it down i was like well do you hate her because of this or this and i was like 
Ooh, yeah, no, that means she's doing it really good. Ooh, right, okay. I I no, agree she... with you. I'm laughing my head off, but I do agree with you. If oh, the, yeah. if the if the category was most likable soprano characters, and you took oh yeah, her, then I then I, you I, deserve I, ridicule. I kicked. But yes, <laughs> sometimes when you're such an asshole and everybody hates you, that means you're doing a good job. Yeah. That means you're a great character because you're playing a role that make people feel an emotion towards you. Yeah. So I actually do agree with you. I actually think it was a good pick. I'm not you're, making for you. Right. I if if you're a character that brings X Pac heat. <laughs> I just got a good kick out of some of the responses. I just oh, yeah, they're great. Was, uh, hilarious. So that was a very specific category because obviously there's only a limited amount of number of, mm-hmm. you know, soprano supporting characters this week. We're doing, I mean, it doesn't get more broad in general than this. We're doing classic rock songs. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, take your pick, man. If a song's a classic <laughs> rock, all right. Before we draft, I would say what would constitute not being a classic rock song? Like, what's the cutoff limit? I would say, I don't know. I mean, we're in the year 2022. To me, anything before the 90s is always going to be classic rock to me. Yeah. I used to say before the 80s, but now you turn on like 104.1 on the radio and you hear 80s shit all the time on there. Yeah. So I guess you can, I don't personally really constitute. 80s is classic rock but i don't know what what about you i think it's got to be before that person it's always been uh, and whether it's the correct header for all the rock from that era but to me it's like it's like 60 like mid 60s 70s through 70s not even like 80s like i agree with you i'm sure that's i'm sure that's us showing our age because it's like well that's when we grew up so it can't be oldies right yeah like Like, i don't think it qualifies but like you know yeah, like Ariel Speedwagon, which I wouldn't pick anyway, but just they came into my mind. Ariel Speedwagon, that ain't classic rock to me, man. You know what I'm it's saying? It's close. Well, actually, they were in the 70s. Pretty so close. Yeah. You're right. I'm thinking of some of their 80s monster hits, but uh, yeah. All right. Well, at any rate, so I had Christopher Maltasani with the first pick. So you're going to get the lead off here. And uh, I forgot some of the ones I liked at the time. So I'm kind of yeah. scrambling to, to look I, around. It's been a while, but say any notes I took on any of this is gone. It's long. yeah, yeah. So we're just we're I, freestyling here with uh classic <laughs> rock songs. Uh there's I, again it every I, I would hope every pick that we make isn't isn't is one that could have been number one. I I would hope I hope I, I hope that that's the, sure. the kind of category that where that's or the at case. least one that belongs one that's you know nothing that's right. ridiculous sure yeah. I agree neither of us goes way off the mark and be like well you know this really deep cut from uh, you know <laughs> from from Donovan was really one of the best uh, classic rock songs ever right made. I, why I, what are you talking about yeah, no. ain't no obscure shit man right exactly uh, so for me listen I I'm a, I'm a there's a few classic rock bands that I'm just a monster fan of. And one that like falls in a little bit lower on that list for me is the Rolling Stones. Mm-hmm. But satisfaction is is an all-time it is. great freaking song. Like I that's agree. I can't I can't not I can't deny like you know, even my my favorite bands, I, I just can't like say like nah, sorry. That satisfaction gets it for me every time. That's a good one. No question about it. I all right again. It's gonna be really hard to pick shit songs here, but right. if anyone could do it, it would probably be me. But it's not gonna be here. Um, my my, my right. first two are the top two on my on my uh, on my list. Going back to the year, I'm not gonna say the year I was born because that means I'm really old. Stairway to Heaven by Led Zeppelin. That it's just such a great build up song, man. And I never knew before hearing it how great Robert Plant was at singing. I just I love that song. I don't know, by the way. Well, this is kind of related because it is the song, Sarah, to have it. Did you ever hear, it was the Kennedy Music Center Honors when they were, 
paying tribute to Led Zeppelin when mm -hmm. Hart did that tribute with the chorus and a couple other people. I can't remember who else was in it. Oh my God, that was just Great. absolutely freaking incredible. Super. So I, I'm going to go Stairway to Heaven. And then I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to, I don't listen, I'm not a huge Aerosmith fan. So I'm not going to try to say like I love a ton of Aerosmith, but Dream mm -hmm. On in 1973, man. And has there ever been more of a, like a dramatic lyrical scream than when, when Steven Tyler starts screaming, uh, Dream On? I just love the yeah. music. I love the buildup to that climatic moment of the song. Mm -hmm. Again, I'm not a huge Aerosmith fan, but, uh, I love that song. So I'm going to go Stairway to Heaven by uh, Led Zeppelin and Dream On by Aerosmith. Yeah. Uh, inarguable like any pick we make if we have an argument about it's it that needs to be its own side podcast at some point we're just talking, <laughs> I, whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't know i think i got a couple that you might not agree with well i mean maybe I mean, that usually happens <laughs> usually we'll see how happens. it plays out I'm like i don't know <laughs> um uh well you you picked a song that i was my other thought at number one was stairway uh but zeppelin is one of my bands and uh I got to go with um, rock and roll. Like, it's just a classic. Rock and roll. Yep. Classic, perfect. It is. Zeppelin, Zeppelin tune, you know? It is. It is. It is. I, I, at first, I'm overthinking. I'm like, eh. no, I'm like, absolutely. Again, these are such like, <laughs> we, we could have a you can't we talk literally out of obvious ones. Like, so yeah. we, we could literally have a top or a starting five draft of Led Zeppelin songs, just one group and we'd be able to fill 10. There's just so many of them. Oh. Rock and roll is awesome. I agree. All right. You got another one too. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you know what? I'm going to go back to the stones. This is, it's, it's really hard to not pick a lot of stone songs for this because they're just so good. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I gotta do give me shelter. Oh my God. I hate you. <laughs> Honest to God, I only have I have five songs on there that have explanations, and that's one of them. Oh man, you want, you want proof? You want proof? 1969. <laughs> it's my favorite Stone song. It's a song about war, particularly the violence, the Vietnam War. That was literally going to be one of my next two picks, hundred <laughs> percent. Sorry, dude. <laughs> Sorry, man, but it's it's so good. It's just oh, Jesus. It and it's you sing along to it like every time. It's you. You don't not sing along to it every time. Yeah, it's, I, even I, even like the high, like she's singing those high parts, and you're just like, yeah, whatever, man. I can I, I can I can do this. This is a hot take. Well, actually, it's not really much of a hot take because these are all amazing songs. I think "Give Me Shelter" is the best Rolling Stone song. I think it's even better than "Satisfaction." Mm -hmm. Now, "Satisfaction" is absolutely the more iconic song, no question mm -hmm. about that. But me personally. I, I would go with Gimme Shelter. That's a good pick. And I'm pissed off. I, I, I was very confident. Usually I write down, when we do these drafts, I usually write down 10 just mm -hmm. to be safe. With this, though, I only wrote down five or six because I'm like, there's no way Joe, Joe's going to pick songs that I that I wouldn't. But that was definitely one of them. All right, so I got two here. Okay. I'm going to go I'm gonna go Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen. And I, honestly, I'm going to be honest with you. And this is the truth. I like that song better before Wayne Garth, before the movie, and it blew yeah. up. I loved that Queen song from the beginning. Uh, I, I don't remember it being so popular, though, before, obviously, Wayne's World. And then I looked it up. Mm -hmm. It reached number nine on billboards in 1975. Mm -hmm. Then it went to number two, which in 1992. So 20, uh, what was that, 85? 17 years later, when Wayne's World came out, it went, it went higher, reached higher. It went all the way up to number two. And then in 
2018, it went on Billboard again. It hit number 22. And that was after the movie came out about Freddie Mercury. Mm-hmm. It charted again. So that song charted three separate times between 1975 to 2018. What is that? 25. That's 43 years. A span of 43 years that song charted three different times. And I love that song. Yeah. So Bohemian Rhapsody is one. And oh God, I'm a little thrown off now. You got me a little rattled when you took Gimme Shelter because I thought I had two for sure. Mm. Um, you, said you, you said you had six on your list, so I do. I just don't know which one I want to pick first. Oh, okay, because they're like, they're. I have three more, and none of them are like head and shoulders above the other. I like them all for different reasons. Mm. You know, I, I, I'm going to go comfortably numb by by Pink Floyd. Nice. It's a, a famous album, The Wall. Uh, mm-hmm. Just some unbelievable guitar solos on there. Really psychedelic, man. It's kind of, it was just kind of wild to me. I, I still love that song when I hear it. A lot of songs if i have spotify on even songs i like i'll hear a couple seconds and then i'll fast forward if that song's on i play the whole song in its entirety so yeah bohemian rhapsody and comfortably numb and i'm not happy about give me shelter but whatever it is what it is sorry <laughs> what do you got I'm one sorry, more left or two sorry. more you got two more. uh i got two more and then you got one more uh so my next one it's it's hard to not it's you can't not do a classic rock song countdown without having an acdc song and mm-hmm. for me it's back in black yeah, i know it's that. i know it's brian johnson i know it's not bon scott it's fine but that album was their biggest album that's gonna score oh. well um could have gone i mean well i mean there's a couple other ones that that could have fit that but i i mean back in black's the one i know like that to that to me is the one where you're just kind of like okay I, I get it um Damn, there's, there's a couple, <laughs> there's a couple of band, like there's a couple of performers and bands and that we like we haven't even touched yet, and like they fit, like they they absolutely fit, and it's so, and it's like these are all bands and people I love. I just like it's so hard. <laughs> yes, I like we each have one pick left, and we're both gonna like suffer over this. Because Jesus, like I've got, I've got two songs, and I'm just like flipping back and forth over <laughs> stuff that I, that, that, that I looked up about them, and I'm just like, uh, I see. Mm, see, my hope is that you don't pick the other song that I. Picked. I don't think I'm going to. I don't think. I don't think. I don't think you have anything to worry about. I don't think I'm gonna pick. You're gonna like the song I pick. It's not gonna be like you say, "Oh, this song sucks." But I don't think yeah. this most. I don't think this is gonna pull well either. But I, I think I gotta stay true with what I wanted to do. I'm gonna go down. I'm gonna go down. Back yeah. in Black rattles me though. I feel like "Give Me Shelter" and "Back in Black," back to back is is really gonna make a big difference here. Yeah, I'm just this. I hate, I hate this so much. This need this needed to be like a top ten draft for both of us. <laughs> really, but no, no. This makes it more uh frustrating because because jesus again this is another starting five where anybody could pick a different you know pick something we didn't pick and have it probably mm-hmm. better than we did it but uh i don't know about that well right like, we're, we're really taking, really we're a lot of big ones off the board right um Okay, so I wish I had a coin in front of me. I just I would just flip a coin. <laughs> Hang on. 
I don't even have one coaster, either. Uh, right coaster works. I this has a label <laughs> on it this night. Okay. So one 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 is one is label, one is not label. So let's see how this works. Uh, <laughs> Baba O'Reilly by the Who. Baba O'Reilly by the Who. Yes. All right. Well, all right, I I need no, I will I, no, I'll tell you what you'll tell me afterwards. I mean, obviously, if you pick it, I'll scream, but um, but I will, yeah, I'll obviously divulge. What? Well, you double dipped on the Rolling Stones. I got my last pick, and I'm going to double dip on Led Zeppelin. And I'm going to Casimir. That's going to be my last pick. And uh, I, I got a question for you. Now, I wanted to, or I considered, but I don't. Is this a classic rock song? Because it's not really. Dust in the Wind by Kansas. Would you consider that a classic mm -hmm. rock song? Yeah. I really, I truly thought about it. I love that song, by yeah. the way. It's just life being like completely meaningless and our dreams and passions, you know, yeah. they really mean shit, dust in the wind. It's uh I love that song and I highly, highly considered that. And another one, just because I love Hart and I love Ann Wilson so much, I really highly considered picking Barracuda. Yeah. As well. And uh the other one that I had on my list. But I couldn't pull the trigger on it because it's I as much as I love it, I don't think it's a top ten classic rock song. I love rock and roll by Joan Jett and, and the Blackbirds. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's what I originally recorded in seventy five, but it didn't catch fire to that early MTV era in the early eighties, and then it blew mm -hmm. up and, and charted. So those were the three that I considered. What was the one you flipped the a co I don't want to say a coin, you flipped the damn coaster. Yeah. <laughs> What's the song? What, what what didn't land that way? Or you would have picked it. What? Look at our list and see what band didn't appear that's i i have another one too um while well, looking at that and answering your question for me there's lots of bands that didn't well appear. right right one well, of them might have been like, black sabbath okay that's okay that's a good but what which one is like oh shit you didn't pick one of their songs uh, oh boy, oh boy, <laughs> put me on the spot like at 10 you know, 10 30 at night. We're recording this <laughs> after recording our second back to back episodes. We've been <laughs> at this for two hours. Plus, you recorded one. This is your third podcast. Third of the day, of the day, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think, man. Um, not Journey, although I do like Journey, right? Not Black Sabbath, not 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 that obviously not Ozzy Osbourne. Then, one of the biggest bands of all time, the Beatles. Oh, ah, the, yeah. A day in the life would have yeah. been would have been the yeah. pick there for for me anyway. But like again, pick any one of yeah. I almost have their own genre songs. of music. It's almost like the Beatles have their own genre of music. I mean, it absolutely is classic rock. You're right. right. I just never even thought of the. I mean, it's the funny. I know who the Beatles are. Right. But the, the funny thing is, like the first part of their career where they're you know it was really the poppy songs. You know, they, you know, she loves you, all that stuff. That feels almost like golden oldies. Because right. you know, it was like Thank on insolvent and all that stuff. Like you, once they, you know, they started doing drugs, then it was like, okay, this is classic rock now. <laughs> yeah, it feels, it feels, you're right. It, fe it felt, it feels oldies to me. When I think of the Beatles, I think of oldies. And by the way, when I said 104.1 in the 80s, classic rock, they don't call it classic rock. They call it oldies. And that's mm -hmm. where I hear shit like Hall and & Oates and Huey Lewis in the News oh, and all these songs I grew up with. Goddamn 104.1 makes them sound like uh oldies real quick i mentioned yes. black sabbath yeah. Were you a Paul anka followed by <laughs> by by huey lewis right. <laughs> have you or are you a, a black sabbath fan yeah all right now Absolutely. there's three songs paranoid you had to pick one paranoid mm -hmm. war pigs iron man which one would you pick because mm -hmm. i considered i have i just have black sabbath in my notes i don't even have any of their songs because i like all three of those 
If you had to pick one. God, that's, that's tough. For my likes, for, for my own, if it's my own squirreled away, like my favorites, it's War Pigs. But for pole purposes, it's Iron Man. Yeah, I would pick Iron Man. Even I though, like, Iron Man. I mean, Paranoid badass song. probably shouldn't be the pick, but Iron Man is just. You know. When I grew up on the West Side, we used to have a makeshift boxing ring on a lawn with, you know, holes and rope. Mm-hmm. And we used to have boxing matches and we made up our own boxing cards and we would have a, a boom box or whatever. And we would come into music and I would, and we came in from my buddy's backyard. I would come in Iron Man. I realized not how corny and stupid that was. I mean, we were little, <laughs> you know, 13, 14 year old kids, but that was my entrance song. Even back in those days, man, that's what I came into thinking I was a badass. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let me let me go through these picks. All By right, the so way, we also didn't ahead. put Jimi Hendrix in there yeah. along the Watchtower, which you know, covers, this, cover song. But I should have made this I should have made this category harder, which we could have uh, done. There's a couple of these groups we, we could have drafted just through song. Yeah, know. maybe a decade. Although I think the '70s dominated this draft. Yeah, big time. Mm-hmm. In fact, I think all the picks were from the '70s. Actually, yeah, now that I'm looking at it, sure. No, Gibby Shelter technically was 1969. Yeah. I wrote that in my Beatles was that 70s? What? Was Satisfaction 70s? No. Mm. I don't know. Now I got to look at it. Uh, I'm looking it up now. You, you look it up while I go yeah. through the picks here. All right. So this was the draft. So Joe with the first overall pick, he took, he's got Satisfaction by the Rolling Stones, uh, Rock and Roll by Led Zeppelin, Gimme Shelter by the Rolling Stones, Back in Black by ACDC, and Bob O'Reilly by The Who. I took Stairway to Heaven by Zeppelin, Dream On by Aerosmith, Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen, uh, Comfortably Numb by Pink Floyd, and Casimir by Led Zeppelin. Uh, did you find out what year that was? That was 1965. Oh, wow. I would, Yeah, I would have been way off on that. I knew it was an so, early one, but like I didn't know it was 65. That's so like going, going by your draft... Because you picked two of them, and me saying that I think "Give Me Shelter" was my favorite Stone song, their best two songs were in the '60s. They've been, they're still touring. That's yeah, crazy. It's 2022, yeah. and they're <laughs> and they're still touring. I don't know, man. What are your thoughts? We're gonna get it out of here now, but what are your thoughts? You look at this. I I, I think this is gonna be close. I think what helped you. I think the fourth round is gonna ultimately decide this because you went with "Back in Black" by ACDC. I think that's gonna play great, and I think I. I think I choked a little bit by taking uh, Comfortably Numb by Pink Floyd. I, I stand by the song. I love the song, right. but I think that's going to hurt. No, I, no, I think you did. I think Cashmere was a good way for you to finish up because it yeah, was. Everybody loves that song. I mean, yeah. Puff, Daddy, Puff Daddy loved that song. I put the over under. I'm going to say six. I'm going to give you not over under, but I would say 61% is where I guess the over under is going to be for Joe Yerdon in this ball. I'm going to say 61. I can see a 61 to 39 uh, victory. We'll see though. Nah, yeah, I mean, we'll see. I, 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 I like I, I, like I told you, I gave up trying to predict how these are going to turn out. True, that's true. Know. That's I a true story. Know. We sound like idiots when we we do that all the time. Follow, <laughs> follow Joe on Twitter at Jill Yurden. All right, now it's going to take long to start doing this shit with you. Made his day podcast with Lance Ozowski on Mondays. Of course, you can find his work with Bleacher Report now and Noted Hockey Substack. And again, stay tuned. Big things. Coming with that, Joe and I are going to be doing this show. We'll record on Monday, so we'll be dropping this on Tuesdays. Some will be like we are right now, remote. We're going to get together sometimes and, and take mm-hmm. Casey's Black Rock Tavern. I've already talked to my man Vinny there. He said we could come there and shoot anytime. So uh, 
looking forward to it, man. New date, new change, like I said, a little more flexible with their schedule. So uh, it'll work out good. Good having you on again. It's good to be back, man. It was fun. It was, uh, it was a long night, but it was a happy night. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.